Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 the u.s energy department backs the covid lab leak theory in a new report well i think we need to have public hearings on this and really dig into it dozens of gang members linked to a cartel style massacre in california have been arrested. What happened there in Tulare County in Goshen will not be tolerated, especially the execution of a 10-month-old baby. The Supreme Court to hear a case on student loan forgiveness on Tuesday. It's also morally reprehensible to make the plumber pay for the Harvard Law School graduate. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, February 27th. I'm Mike Scott. According to a new report from the Wall Street Journal, the Energy Department believes, due to a classified intelligence report, that the COVID-19 virus emerged from a laboratory in China. Well, a new and stunning conclusion tonight, the origin of the COVID virus likely leaked from a Chinese lab. This from the U.S. Energy Department. It is based on new intelligence recently sent to the White House. The Wall Street Journal first reporting the agency's findings today, noting the classified report wasn't from Congress, but that, quote, lawmakers, particularly House and Senate Republicans, are pursuing their own investigations into the origins of the pandemic and are pressing the Biden administration and the intelligence community for more information. The Energy Department's judgment that a lab mishap was behind the COVID-19 outbreak was based on new intelligence and further study, according to the journal reporting. News Nation's Joe Khalil lays out what is known about the report so far. If accurate, the report is a major update. Up to this point, no government agency with the weight of the Department of Energy has come to this conclusion aside from the FBI. But unlike the FBI, the Department of Energy staffs whole teams of scientific and medical experts and overseas national labs with skills to make this call. Yet many administration officials say the evidence to confirm it is still in question. Health leaders like Dr. Fauci have been repeatedly pressed on it. He's always maintained we cannot rule out the lab leak theory, but that the evidence wasn't enough for him to support it. Khalil goes on to describe how uncooperative the Chinese government has been toward any attempts at an investigation. The government in China has just been stonewalling. Uh, There has been no legitimate investigation inside China because the government doesn't allow it. They won't allow international inspectors to come in. And even this goes back to the beginning of the pandemic. They were being very vague. They were not being transparent about what was going on within Wuhan, within China. So that's why up to this point, we still have just bits of information and a lot of theories, but not exactly a conclusive call, which we may otherwise have if China were being more open and transparent about what happened. Meanwhile, some critics who have read the undisclosed intelligence are not so sure about the Energy Department's conclusions and caution against jumping to any conclusion 
saying judgments made by the energy departments are, in their opinion, made with low confidence. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says there isn't still a definitive answer to the origin of COVID. President Biden has directed repeatedly uh, every element of our intelligence community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. But right now, there is not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intelligence community on this question. However, there does seem to be an emerging consensus among government agencies, at least, that the virus was not the product of a progression from animals to humans. Republican Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska says that China and Russia are authoritarian states and we may never know definitively. I think this is another one where Republicans are actually more united and it's the war in Ukraine really um, revealed that we are in this new era of authoritarian aggression led by Xi Jinping and Putin. As you know, they're working together. They are increasingly isolated Uh, They view their Democratic neighbors um, in a very paranoid way. And I think that this challenge, where they are looking to take aggressive actions against uh, their neighbors, whether it's in Ukraine, whether it's Taiwan, I think it's going to be with us for decades. We need to face it with strategic resolve. Sullivan later laid out methods he believes the U.S. should now use to win what he feels is a new type of Cold War. There's a number of things that we have with regard to our strategic advantages over these dictators that we should promote if we're wise enough to use them, our military, our allies, our natural resources and energy, and, of course, our commitment to democracy and liberty. I mean, that in many ways, that was what really helped us win the Cold War. Xi Jinping and Putin... You know, their biggest vulnerability is they fear their own people. We need to exploit that. Speaking on the report in the Wall Street Journal, Sullivan says that Congress should hold public hearings on the origin of COVID. Well, I think we need to have public hearings on this and really dig into it. Think about what just happened over the last three years. One of the biggest pandemics in a century. A lot of evidence that it's coming from the Chinese. And when other countries even raise it, like Australia... The Chinese use their coercive economic activities to shut people up. So I think we need to do extensive hearings. I hope our Democratic colleagues in the Congress can support that. I know the Republicans in the House are certainly supportive of that. But I think if that happens, we need to make sure every country in the world knows this. The Alaska senator also says that the U.S. has to show the world that China has lied about the origins of COVID from the beginning. Look, this is a country that has no problem coming out and lying to the world. We just saw that with this Chinese spy balloon. It's the nature of a communist dictatorship to lie to their own people, to lie to the world. But I think that we need to make sure every country knows that and then look at what the consequences could be. Obviously, millions of deaths, huge economic impacts. And it would once again show that the Chinese Communist Party is not only a menace, But the nature of these regimes is to lie to the world, and we need to make that clear to people. A number of GOP lawmakers responded to the report. Florida Senator Rick Scott tweeted out the CCP, quote, is evil. Its virus killed millions, and Xi will stop at nothing to destroy the U.S. It's time to hold this evil regime accountable, end quote. Over the weekend, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice 
warned that potential 2024 GOP presidential contenders should be careful with their words if they should call for the U.S. to pull back support from Ukraine in its fight with Russia. This comes with the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Back on February 24 of 2022, Russian forces tried to topple the Ukrainian government. However, one year to the day, things have not worked out quite the way Russian President Vladimir Putin envisioned. Military affairs analyst, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, joined the Salem Radio Network and says, All of the confidence expressed by Putin about easily winning the conflict is gone. I think that... You know, the Russian generals gave uh, Putin too much of a, a confidence in uh, their ability. Uh, they were overrated significantly. McGinnis says the military losses on Russia's side have been enormous. The Russians have filled, uh, you know, perhaps 100,000 body bags, not counting those that are wounded. And, of course, he launched a a draft, a conscription uh, to bring in hundreds of thousands of additional forces. The retired lieutenant colonel says the war has gone very badly for Vladimir Putin one year after the invasion began. You've seen uh, the squandering of many lives, tens and tens of thousands of Russian lives, uh, most of their uh, best equipment uh, in the fight. McGinnis says... Not only has Putin's prediction of a quick end to the war materialized, the end of the war is nowhere in sight. It would appear as if the Russians and the Ukrainians are preparing to mount some sort of offenses, uh, either here in the late winter or early spring, uh, that will just lead to more carnage. Since the Russian invasion, Ukraine has suffered thousands of civilian deaths, tens of thousands of military casualties on both sides, and the displacement of over 8 million Ukrainian civilians. On January 16, a young mother and her 10-month-old son were shot and killed, along with four others in a cartel-style mass shooting in central California, leading local authorities to name the incident the Goshen Massacre. California's Tulare County announced dozens of arrests and the seizure of illegal guns and drugs, all connected to the investigation into the massacre. Those shootings dubbed the Goshen Massacre also left four others dead. Well, this weekend, authorities in California announcing the arrests of dozens of gang members after an intensive investigation into the shootings, which came to be called Operation Nightmare. Nearly 100 homes, a couple dozen prison cells searched, 26 arrests made, innumerable illegal guns and drugs seized as well, all a part of this wide-ranging investigation which involved multiple law enforcement agencies. According to police reports, 97 homes were searched, 26 suspects arrested, and 18 arrest warrants were served during the operation. Additionally, police also busted an illegal firearms manufacturing operation, which consisted of gang members making and selling untraceable firearms to other gang members. Former U.S. Marshal Robert Monte says the methods used in these arrests should be adopted nationwide 
to curb the growing threat from Mexican cartel-linked gangs. The main message it's it sent to the gangs and the criminals out there on the streets is that what happened there in Tulare County and Goshen will not be tolerated, uh, especially the execution of a 10-month-old baby. How horrific was that? So that's why these agencies got together, put Operation Nightmare together, and went after the prison gang, the street gang. Now, uh, make no mistake about it. The prison gang and the street gangs are working with the Mexican cartels, and they've been doing that for a while. So this investigation that began as a result of that massacre, those executions, was intelligence-driven, and several agencies were involved, state, local, and federal agencies. And in my opinion, that's what needs to happen more, not just in California, but throughout the United States. That's how we're going to get a handle on this situation, by hitting these gangs, street gangs, prison gang, cartels, with everything we got. This sends a message to them that we're going to make it as difficult as possible for you to operate in our city, and we're going to stay on your heels and not let you let you catch your breath. Monty warns Americans that... Mexican cartel-linked gangs are in every U.S. city. Well, this is something that every American needs to hear. I don't care where you are in, in the United States. They need to hear this. The Mexican cartels are in your city, and they're extremely dangerous. And there's no doubt about it. So it's not just the Mexico or Southwest border issue. The Mexican cartels have several cell groups operating in just about every city in the United States in every state in the United States. The former U.S. Marshal stresses that the use of interagency intel played a large role in the arrests. My hat goes off to uh, all the agencies involved in this, especially the Tulare County Sheriff's Office. I know some of the investigators there, and I spoke with them firsthand, and they worked countless hours nonstop trying to solve, or until they did solve this this case. So it's intelligence-based driven, And it takes the effort of not just one law enforcement agency, but several law enforcement agencies to come together with a plan and uh, go off of the intelligence and hit the prisons, hit the, the streets, hit the homes, and hit them as hard as you can. And that's what they did. Earlier this month, two suspects were taken into custody connected with the Goshen shooting. Republicans will hold their first presidential primary debate in August. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton has the why and where. RNC officials announced that Milwaukee will hold the GOP's first presidential debate of the primary season. The party is considering between 10 and 12 debates between August and its 2024 national convention, which also will be held in Milwaukee. It's likely to be a crowded primary season. Two high-profile Republicans have already formally launched campaigns, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, and many others, including Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, and Tim Scott, are expected to enter the race. Greg Clugston, Washington. This Tuesday, the Supreme Court will consider one of two cases on student loan debt forgiveness. Former U.S. Attorney Barbara McQuaid outlines the details of the case the Supreme Court will be hearing. This case is uh, coming out of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and unlike the first one, which has some substantive arguments, this is a procedural argument. It's brought by a conservative group called the Job Creators Network, 
and it says that the Biden administration failed to follow the Administrative Procedures Act, the notice and comment period that normally precedes one of these kinds of programs. It gives people the opportunity to lodge any complaints. Uh, and in this case, as you mentioned, there are two people who obtained loans who wanted to make comments, one of whom had a, a private uh, source for a loan who would want to say, uh, why not me? Uh, and another who would say, I took one of these loans, but why is it limited uh, to ten or $20,000? And so that uh, uh, procedural d- uh, dispute is what is at issue. McQuaid goes on to describe the other case pushing back against student loan forgiveness. In, in this instance, we do have taxpayers who say they would have lodged a statement procedurally under the Administrative Procedures Act. So they may have some uh, a good argument there. The other case, the one that came out of the Eighth Circuit of Court of Appeals that had the uh, substantive argument, came from states who say that the president is engaging in a power grab, is violating states' rights and the separation of powers uh, that are described in the Constitution. And so I think on standing, they may have an argument there. It isn't simply a taxpayer who says, you're taking money out of my pocket. They are individuals and states who will stand to lose as a result of this. White House spokesperson Corinne Jean-Pierre says the White House is confident that the outcome of the case will be in their favor. Right now, we just feel very confident. Uh, Look, we have to remember what the student loan uh, uh, plan means and why the president put that forward is to help tens of millions of Americans, give them a little breathing room, give them an opportunity as we're coming out uh, of this pandemic, this once in a generation pandemic. And folks are, are, remember, one of the reasons we put this forward was because we were going to lift uh, uh, lift the, uh, the payment, the loan payment, the student loan payment, to give them a little extra breathing room to make sure that they're able to get back on their feet as they were uh, having to, uh, some of them had to pay back their, uh, their their student loans. And so this is, uh, we see this as an important policy uh, that is going to help millions, uh, to, again, tens of millions of Americans across the country who need it, uh, who need that opportunity to start a family, who need that opportunity to buy a home. Uh, and so it is unfortunate to us that Republicans are out there, uh, Republicans officials across the country are out there trying to stop something, uh, trying to stop a policy that would really help uh, everyday Americans who need just a little bit of, uh, of assistance. However, analyst Monica Crowley, the former Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs for the U.S. Department of Treasury, joined the Salem Radio Network and says that student debt forgiveness, in her opinion, is morally wrong. This whole thing is economically disastrous because it's going to put the current inflation on steroids. It's politically suicidal for the Democrats because they've always prided themselves on being champions of the middle class and the working class and the poor. Well, those are the ones who are going to be left holding the bag, putting the bill for, for a Harvard lawyer, right, to have their debt wiped out. So it's politically suicidal for them as well, but it's also morally reprehensible to make the plumber pay for the Harvard Law School graduate, quote-unquote, education, right? It's morally offensive. So all of these things are in play, but they don't care. This is, their eyes are on a much bigger prize. You know, we're, we're all lost in the details of every new policy offense coming out of the Biden administration, whether it's the student loan thing or the Inflation Reduction Act, which is completely Orwellian. We're all fighting those details of those policies, but you got to understand they are not. They're pushing these things through with a much bigger objective in mind, which is 
the transformation of the nation. Two cases before the court give the justices an opportunity to set strict limits over the president's ability to implement policies without explicit authorization from Congress. Netflix is cutting prices in some markets to try and lure more subscribers. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hole has the very latest. The price cuts are the latest twist in the video streaming services' efforts to keep its recently revived subscriber growth rolling amidst stiffer competition and inflation pressures that are pushing more households to curb discretionary spending. The lower prices that began to roll out earlier this week affect more than 30 of the roughly 190 countries where Netflix streaming service is available. The areas getting lower prices include Middle East markets, European countries such as Croatia, Slovenia and Bulgaria, and Sub-Saharan African markets. Netflix is not changing its prices in any of the largest markets, including the U.S. I'm Norman Hall. Facebook is making a change. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has what you need to know about the tech giant's changes to its social media app. Facebook parent Meta says not as many people will be placed in Facebook jail, the process of muting users with whom the Facebook censors disagree. As Facebook experiences a profound drop in users, the social media platforms decided to reform its penalty system so that people will be less likely to have their accounts restricted. During COVID, users would be placed in Facebook jail for saying COVID vaccines and masks did not work. Tasha Stevens reporting. And finally... Did you hear that? We've had UFOs, we've had strange iron orbs washing up on Japanese beaches. Now, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador says he's seen an elf. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez on Sunday shared an image and claimed it appeared that of a mythological woodland spirit similar that of an elf. Terming everything is mystical, he wrote in Spanish and I quote, I share two photographs of our supervision of the Mayan train works, one taken by an engineer three days ago, apparently from an elixir, another by Diego Petrio of a splendid pre-Hispanic sculpture. Everything is mythical. One of the photographs shared by him showed what appears to be a mythical figure on a tree. The nighttime photograph shows a tree with a branch forming what looks to be a halo of hair and what may be stars forming in the figure's eyes. The Mexican president took to Twitter posting the viral photo and claimed it looked like a mischievous woodland spirit of Mayan folklore. While some thought he was joking, it appears he was not, as some suggest that Obrador has long expressed reverence for the indigenous culture and beliefs of Mayan folklore. According to traditional Mayan beliefs, the elves, like those Obrador has claimed to see, are small, mischievous woodland creatures that inhabit forests and fields and are prone to playing tricks on people and hiding things. Some people leave small offerings to appease them. Dobby is free. 
Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.